All right, welcome to another episode of the Connect Together podcast. We're actually recording here at uh, the Industrial Solutions Network uh, by CED here in Nebraska. It's a data-driven manufacturing event that we have here at the Mahoney State Park. And uh, we got, you know, a new sponsor we have on this podcast is uh, Cisco, provided by Tech Data. And we actually got a representative from uh, Tech Data, Mike Smith. And Tech Data is a company that helps us deliver Cisco uh, industrial solutions to our customers. Welcome. How are you? Great. Thank you very much for having me here today. And uh, it's turning out to be a great event. So you're presenting today? Yes. Right? So you have a whole session. What, yes. what are you talking about? So we're going to uh, focus on the uh, Rockwell and Cisco Alliance and uh, Rockwell Cisco uh, Panduit Alliance and how they've worked together to collaborate, provide solutions for, uh, you know, innovation about this converged plant-wide Ethernet solution and reference architecture. So alliance, that sounds very powerful. Yes. Is that, is that on purpose, to call it an alliance like that? Absolutely. The uh, solutions are jointly arrived at, so the whole focus is to provide solutions that, uh, as we do convergence between the IT and OT environments, that we're providing solutions that the IT staff uh, teams are used to from their Cisco experience down to the Rockwell on the machine uh, level on the plant four floor are used to for um, the feature set and the ease and applications they're uh, accustomed to and visibility. So this is all working together. So everybody's working more closely, which has been traditionally the problem joining the IT and the OT groups. So I mean, is this somewhat new for tech data to get into the OT side of things? I mean, you guys have traditionally been, like, really focused on IT. So uh, is this new? How is it? Difficult? Awesome? Easy? Hit me with it. Absolutely. So we have um, started in we would call the Smart IoT group, which is um, also looking at analytics and uh, cognitive computing. So with that um, group, it's focused in this OTIT convergence. Uh, it is relatively new. It's about two years plus that we've been working on this, and actually we started our uh, foray into this in Europe. Uh, it started there earlier there and now in the United States. Uh, so the focus is to take the OT environment, legacy systems, and make connected uh, devices bring together that factory Ethernet and, again, that alliance with uh, Rockwell and Cisco. So, yeah, so you're saying connect, make connectivity for this legacy system, right? We, we, we preach about modernizing your plan. Why do we want to connect legacy systems instead of let's, like, redoing the whole plan? Okay, so the plants are typically, uh, it's a cost factor, simply, and um, we have legacy equipment out there, so legacy being that there's no connectivity, so they're really not understanding what the events are occurring or alarms that are going on in a timely manner, uh, real time. So, or they have uh, the legacy equipment, which, which is using older connectivity buses, say uh, Profinet or RS-485, uh, Modbus, etc. So now Ethernet is the, the way to go, connect things back to the uh, enterprise network or IT side. So... It's easier to add a connectivity piece into legacy equipment versus replacing everything because the plants are typically uh, operational technology side is designed to last you know, like 20 years. So that, that's a good, useful life, and the capital expense has been made up front. So. So, so why now? Why would you tell a customer, like, I need to connect this uh, legacy system, like, right now? Okay, so we're, we're thinking about um, 
doing these things so we can improve performance, make it more repeatable, yeah. or we would call it deterministic performance in um, the manufacturing areas. You can make quick changes to manufacturing operations, and it provides deeper insight into the network to adapt to manufacturing operation requirements and for, in a general way, continuous improvements. That's pretty good. You just did that off the cuff. We work hard here at Tech Data. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is, is this a new term I need to know about? You say converged architecture. Is that like that's standard in the industry? So I, I mean, there's just so many terms out there, and I'm a dummy. So I'm like trying to. I'm having a hard time figuring out all these terms. Is that a new term? So no, I would say it's not a new term. It's just really saying we're taking two separate, in this case, networks, and we're making them singular so they can communicate with each other to provide this information um, in the most productive way. So, so I do need to know that. Yes, that's, that, <laughs> and that's a common emphasis. I'm like writing it down like right now. Exactly. So the, um, you know, traditionally the uh, manufacturing environment was operating with their team separate from the enterprise team, and now we're, we're joining them together, which takes, uh, you know, a bit of work, and they're not used to doing it, so the path is there with the, the common uh, reference architectures being Ethernet factory backbone. Okay. So, man, so it sounds like you got everything set in stone for your uh, presentation today, huh? We're feeling good. doing good. So this is, this is your, uh, you're preempting your presentation with this, so I appreciate that. Absolutely. So you're, you're yes. sa- but you're saving all your good stuff for basically the, the session later. We got some sizzlers. We're saving them. <laughs> good. <laughs> all right, no jokes. Unless you have some dad jokes. We take dad jokes on this podcast. Yes. Um, we'll ask those later, so start thinking. Um, so um, so I heard a story today from someone uh, that's actually at this event uh, about a something that hit close to home with uh, security and where they actually had a ransomware attack yeah. at a facility close by. and. Um, I know we were talking briefly about IoT security and uh, something you do uh, called threat defense. Yes, absolutely. This is a a Cisco uh, IoT threat defense product, and there's, um, we would say, four pillars for this threat defense, and it has to do with visibility and analysis. So you've got to understand what's there and how to analyze it, understand it. Segmentation of the network remote access, and security services. So in a, in a more concise way, um, we're taking the cybersecurity architecture with a suite of integrated technology and services, and they're designed to detect and block threats on devices across the network premise and in the cloud. Um, next, it's going to protect the IoT. We say IoT really, and again, we're referring to connectivity in general. So connectivity, IoT, you can think of it that way. Um, These are extensible, scalable, and automated segmentation that's aligning uh, to your business. So we're taking the networks now, we're separating them so you have more control. And that segmentation is based on policy and enforced across your network. So you're going to have virtual LANs um, set up so you can control what what area gets access, uh, where actual communications are occurring. Uh, The secure communications uh, among various locations, no matter how remote, um, threat defense will provide control uh, of the third-party access right there in your hands. And then finally, we're going to improve your ability to manage cybersecurity risk by helping you assess, design, and implement 
highly secure IoT solutions with uh, our team of expert-led professional and technical services uh, with CED, our partner. So I'm a customer, and, and I don't know what these hackers are calling themselves nowadays, like like Mr. Jenkins or whatever. I think I heard one Mr. Smith. What? If I'm just a customer, it's like I don't. they're never going to attack me. I mean, what, I mean, I don't need any of this. Well, there's what would a, you say? I would say um, realize the fact is... Uh, You've either been attacked or you don't know you're being attacked. So there's a, there's a stance in understanding how things are going to uh, potentially affect you. And people are sitting there day and night poking around networks with not good intentions. So you have to do your best, and, and that, that's the effort we uh, – and, you know, that's the solution we provide with threat defense. So how long have you been with the Tech Data? Mike? I've been there about six months. Six months? <laughs> So brand new. Brand new tech data, Heck yes. Yeah. You're loving it then. What's that? You're loving it? I'm loving it, yeah. Okay. We're converging yeah. all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm getting you like brand new. I mean you ever done podcasts before? Oh twice before. Twice before? I thought we were supposed to be the first. That's well, too bad. It feels like the first time that's okay. what they say. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot to me. I appreciate that, Mike. And so and what's your role at Tech Data? I am a uh, industrial uh, IoT solutions architect. Okay. Hey, well, I really appreciate your time. Um, I think this was great. I think it's great getting uh, your guys' side from delivering the Cisco side of things to this whole solution. Uh, it's one side we haven't had yet, and I uh, really appreciate your support for everything we do, especially at this event. And um, thanks for your time, and good luck a little thanks. bit later today. Thanks, Justin. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank thanks. you. Thanks. That was Mike Smith from Tech Data. Appreciate it. everyone, welcome back. We're here at uh, Industrial Solutions Network data-driven manufacturing event that we're holding in uh, Nebraska here at Mahoney State Park. And uh, we are lucky enough to have um, one of the busiest people at this event. Um, that is a plant manager for Rockwell Automation, uh, Terry Blumenthal. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. Awesome. And we also have Brandon Bernier, the know-it-all. The usual know-it-all that we have on our podcast. So everyone knows him. So <laughs> I don't need to introduce him at all. He'll chime in whenever it's necessary, I'm sure, uh, with some nice little quips and some knowledge. Uh, but the person that's going to basically bring all the knowledge is uh, Terry. And it's kind of cool to have someone finally on this podcast that you know is unique and actually uses a lot of the stuff we talk about that's actually implementing some of these solutions and using the data. So I think, you know, I want to start off and say, like, um, well, let's, let's talk about what your experience is as being a plant manager because I know you're traveling all over the place. And, again, like, if you're traveling this far, how can you run a plant? Actually, um, it's funny you say that because a few years ago I wouldn't have wanted to leave the plant. But, actually, since implementing Connected Enterprise, so Factory Talk Production Center, 
it's actually a lot easier. One, the data is always there and available, but not just available, it's actually tells me something. So we now have dashboards that I actually, I can look at right now on my watch and uh, know where I'm red and green. And so today I know I'm green in service everywhere. Uh, I have a red blip on one line, but not a big deal because again, I have this data, but so does everybody that works for me. So my entire staff, as well as the production floor. And you have to have good employees that you trust. So if I'm red in one area, and I look at it today, blips up on my phone or on my watch, I'm not concerned. I know that it's on to somebody else's as well. But it just makes me that much more connected to everything that's going on in the plant when I'm away. So, I mean... Are you scared of your job security? What's the deal? I mean, if it's this, we were talking before this, and it's like, man, I can run a plant, which is not true. But I feel like with all this technology, it's it's possible. So, I mean, I mean, you know, can anyone just run this, or what sort of knowledge still do you like? Someone still needs to know how to use this data, right? Right. When it comes to your watch. Yeah. You still have to know how to use it and to read it. You have to understand what efficiency is and, you know, um, how much production you expect on each line and things like that and the output. But honestly, my job has changed a lot. So it's not that I feel like I'm no longer required. It's a different job now. Now it's looking at, and, and we do regularly, how much further can we take this? What else can we connect? What other data that can we have? For instance, now we're hooking up all our um, injection molding presses. So I don't know if people know this, but Rockwell actually molds its plastic parts internally, and they're molded in Ladysmith, Wisconsin. And um, now we're hooking all that up, so maintenance will have preventative alerts if there's something going wrong in the press so that we can shut it down instead of running bad parts. So really, my job has changed as well as the engineer's jobs and everyone else's. Instead of running around collecting data manually, um, putting together spreadsheet after spreadsheet and graph after graph, it now comes directly out of factory talk for us. So now it's more analytical. And how much further can we go? It's never ending. So, I mean, I guess I just wrote some notes down. It's like, so it seems like things are shifting to more proactive instead of reactive. Is that correct? Like a prescriptive type of like, is like we're going to tell you what the problem is and when likely it is going to happen, right? Exactly. So that's where we're moving towards. Of course, that's not where we started. This is a journey. So anybody that thinks you can just, I once had an engineering manager out of Milwaukee, our headquarters say, well, just plug in the equipment. Well, if you've got equipment in your plant like mine that's 50 years old, you're not just plugging something in. So we've gone through the journey of one, hooking up where we can and using it as our main shop floor um, tool. But at the same time, for instance, safety mats. We make all safety mats for Rockwell in Ladysmith. And honestly, we used to set those mats on fire. We'd evacuate the building. (laughs) Um, If the temperatures are out of, you know, out of gauge or out of range, we didn't know. There was nothing on that press to tell anybody. Whereas now we have totally prescriptive, like you said, Brandon. We have controls, and our maintenance guy gets a red alert immediately on his computer or on his cell phone that says that there's one of those temperature controls going out of control. At the same time, it alerts the um, operator of that press and stops and press. So no more fires and no more bad mats. Now, we wouldn't get a bad mat immediately as soon as a gauge goes out of control, but it could happen in a week or two weeks. Why not fix it now, replace the heater, and not have any issues? So that's what we're doing now. And we're slowly getting there with all of our presses and other equipment in the facility as well. But that, that downtime wasn't just down 
uh, lost production. I mean, if I remember correctly, we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You would have to evacuate the entire facility yes. because, like, what it like whatever chemical that would create, or not chemical, but any kind of reaction that would burn off into the air, you had to evacuate and you know bring in some sort of team to essentially monitor and say, "Yep, you're you're good again." Where you can bring then the entire production facility exactly. back in and start. So. Um, yeah, prescriptive, preventative type of analytics to help you not just make better parts, but um, make make more parts and really keep your overall production facility just alive. Exactly. So I guess I can't run a plant because I don't want to deal with any of that. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. So, <laughs> so with all this new data, so what would you say like your top priorities would be uh, when when using this data and running this facility? Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a few that are key right now: productivity and um, OEE, depending on if it's a people line or a machine line, are number one. But quality is also um, very important with factory talk data at this time. Definitely productivity. So we have um, dashboards out on the shop floor at every production line, and people know if their output is meeting what we need. If it's not, then people get alerts, including the production supervisor, and it could be that there's an issue with a supplier quality part. Um, But immediately people know and are out there looking at it and fixing it rather than running slowly and not hitting our efficiency targets all week. Yeah, because typically when when you were gathering data, right, you would then typically meet that following morning and then you'd review the past performance of the day and then you'd be making reactive decisions that ultimately, yeah, you're, 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 you're maybe making an improvement, but you're not really moving the needle to, to the point of making what, your true return. So now you can make on-demand uh, changes to the best, you know, impact today's production. Exactly. So every hour that supervisor knows, as well as the people on the floor, because honestly, 98% of the people want to do an amazing job and keep the company growing. So they know if they're not hitting target and they might talk among, you know, working together to try to figure out why, what's happening on the line, mm-hmm. call their supervisor or engineer, and everybody's engaged and involved from the bottom up. So... All these uh, people getting these notifications, I think it's awesome. I, I was, you know, the fact that you're getting all this stuff on your watch is like how far we've come, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. So, I mean, are are these people and your employees um, on Plan Four? Are they are they working all the time? Do they have to be notified all the time? Like, how many how many uh, notifications are they getting, or is it just mm-hmm. emergencies only? We set targets. So within Factory Talk Production Center, you can set your own targets. So we set targets. We don't want people getting a notification every minute. It'd be crazy. But we did set targets. So if they're 5% off on one line, that's maybe when the supervisor will get the information. In molding, you know, if quality is 2% off what it should be, then the notification goes out at that point. So it all depends on the type of production line you're running, the environment you're running in, and when you want. But those are things that you can set yourself in the background. So, I mean, there's a lot of education. Is that like knowing your facility to know what goals to set, um, or is there like some templates out there? Um, For us, it's definitely knowing our facility and knowing what um, goals to set. But there are templates, world-class, you know, there's information all over the place to understand where you should be at. We use Rockwell Production System, which is sort of like Toyota Production System processes. And those are the targets we tend to set for our facilities in Rockwell. Now, we got all this new technology, right? I mean, everything's coming. I can't keep up. I don't even know if Brandon... Well, Brandon can keep up. He keeps up with everything. Right. He's the so, smart one. <laughs> he just know it all. I'm just calling him Brandon Know-It-All. Okay. Uh, now, uh, uh, so what's your favorite tech that's out right now that's making your job as easy as possible? 
Brandon's or mine? Mine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. my cell phone is my life. <laughs> and I do get my, you know, all my alerts on my cell phone. I can now Skype. So if I do see an issue, an issue here today, in fact, I quickly Skype my production manager and said, hey, what's going on? Just wanted to check in. You know, I saw this. And he immediately Skyped back to me. He was in a meeting, but he Skyped back and told me exactly what it is. And, hey, job done. No problem. I have no idea what we would do without cell phones. I mean, that's including a plant manager, which I never would have thought of, actually. <laughs> so, so what can Brandon and what he does in his role help you um, with some of this data-driven manufacturing? What can Brandon do? Yeah. I mean, get me a lot more orders. <laughs> <laughs> to make you busier. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good answer. No, I mean, that's a good Sorry, answer. Brandon. That's a very honest um, answer, and I can appreciate that. I don't know if that's a challenge or... <laughs> <laughs> now, ideally, right, I mean, our, you know, we have a solution. I mean, it's just going to sound corny, but it's it's also true. We have a solution for literally every person that's here today, um, getting education, whether it be from a, an, an engineering focus, uh, whether it be from an operations or leadership focus, or from a, you know, uh, network security. We, we have solutions for all, truly. Um, so the ability now to create the awareness that, you know, we're, we're not just a clickety-clack um, hardware provider, mm -hmm. but we are an automation solutions provider that also now is playing into that enterprise environment with respect to, you know, getting that connected enterprise where we can, you know, bridge bridge the gap and talk into the enterprise world and talk to servers and, and work with IT. We, we can speak their language. We can also speak leadership language with respect to OEE and, you know, what, what's what's relevant to them. But we can also then play to our core audience, which has been, you know, maintenance and, and engineering and controls technicians. So, I mean, it, call it what it is, but it truly is a solution for everyone here today. And, you know, it's it, it's our it's our main focus to ultimately create that education um, and, and working with our peers to ultimately um, – provide some context to how those solutions are. So that's where I can really appreciate, you know, um, you being here at this event because, um, yes, you're a Rock Automation employee, but you're a plant engineer first, right? That is that is making something um, that can help, you know, make someone else's life easier. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you can provide context to that because you're in a, a unique situation where you can understand it uh, because you're a plant engineering manager, not so much... Um, a, a salesman, if you will. Right, right. So. Yeah. Woo. I like that, Brandon. <laughs> I try. Um, well, unless we have any final thoughts. You guys have any final thoughts? Well, I mean, I really appreciate you uh, taking some of your valuable time and getting on the mic with us and telling your story. Um, and we appreciate what you bring to this podcast and what you know. And, and I can tell that you run a good plant. At least I hope so. Yes, we, we're, we getting, we're getting Thank all our you. stuff quick. I know that. <laughs> I know I'm quality. not getting any bad phone calls from any of you. <laughs> so. you so I really appreciate it. That this again is, you know, uh, someone that actually uses all this stuff. A plant manager in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, with Rockwell Automation, uh, Terry Blumenthal. We really appreciate your time here. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, Terry.